Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Welcome to the Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. Coming off of a lengthy break. Took uh, took close to two weeks off mic. Yeah. Felt good. Mm. Sorry, I'm <laughs> yawning, yawning right at the top of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Are you still on break? Man. Bringing that kind of energy to the show? I, I had a night last night. I've had a couple of nights. Last night, baby was, uh, he, he had a little cold, so he was up a couple of times overnight. Night before, uh-huh. one of the most harrowing overnight wake up in the middle of the night experiences I've ever felt. Okay, I have not heard this. Tell me more. My wife and I decided to watch a David Fincher film called The Killer. I should have known this would this would be because of uh, a movie in the thriller category. <laughs> well, so I enjoyed the movie. Uh huh. I think my wife even enjoyed the movie. It's not not really her brand. From what she saw, <laughs> yeah. You and I have talked about this a bunch. I mean, when you watch when you watch a movie with either of our wives, one point. Two five of you is watching a movie. <laughs> I would say that uh, she was pretty tuned in, except for the you know particularly violent parts, which she watched through slits in her fingers, or just like told me mm-hmm. like you know let me know when when it's over, kind of a thing. I haven't seen it. I've seen a bunch of movies during break, but I haven't seen that one. You recommend it? I do. Uh, it's I would say like minor Fincher. In the scheme of Fincher, but uh, but like vintage fun Fincher also. Mm, I like that. You know, it's like uh, Guy Ritchie not always doing the film that he is good at doing. Yeah. And even when he does the film he's good at doing, it's not always the greatest version of that film. But when he does make that film, I'm always like, hey, I like a little Guy Ritchie movie from time to time. Would you say uh, minor Fincher is to major... I lost the thread of that. Uh, yeah, minor Fincher is to Major Tom what uh-huh. uh, I'm leaving on a jet plane is to Armageddon. Okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> that holds. <laughs> um, it's a good movie. Uh, it's got a Reznor score. and uh, Oh! And so the score is very okay. tense and very much puts you in the mindset of a, a, a taut thriller. And this movie has like an opening credit sequence that really leans on that Reznor score. Love it. To get you in the mood. And Love that. we watched this movie, enjoyed it. Maybe watched uh, like one episode of Seinfeld, was a little dessert, and then went to bed. And in, sure. in the middle of the night, the deafening sounds of the Trent Reznor score to this movie filled the house like absolutely like tv volume to max like we are both startled out of sleep and i am into the living room like karate stance like where are they like the you know like the seal team that has infiltrated our house and are preparing to you know shoot silenced long guns at us where are they at 
longtime viewers of the pod will know that this is a quality to you. You do not startle a Benjamin R. Harrison. He will come up in a crouch, yeah. ready to fight. There, there are Miriam stories about me uh, coming to in the middle of the night in a state of, of readiness. Your wet dreams must be insane. <laughs> uh, what had happened was the dog jumped up on the couch or shifted position on the couch and somehow turned on the TV, <laughs> turned up the volume on the TV, and then started the movie from the beginning. And so, like... That's incredible. I think we had watched this movie on volume 30, and the the TV was at volume 100 when I wow. found the remote and figured out what was going on. It's like on. all the volume. Yeah, but... uh it's very hard to like get back to sleep after one of those, you know? It is. Yeah. Like I've, I all of the chemicals in my brain are like the same ones that would have happened if I had had to fight a bear or something. <laughs> so there's not just like an easy way to be like, "All right, well, back to sleep." <sighs> I don't like this for you. <laughs> you got to put the remote away. I mean, this is me victim blaming, yeah. but holy shit, man. Like, I bet you'll put the, the remote away from now on. Well, we do. Like, I'd say 95 nights out of 100, we do. Because also, like, when the baby is up in the morning, he always finds, like, he wants to push every button that he can reach. So having the remote on, left on the couch or the coffee table is no good from that standpoint. We've got a white remote to our TV and... Ripley just loves that thing. Like she, she will eat it like a bone if it's left out. So it's got to be put away. Yeah. We have remote hygiene in our household because I've bought two remotes <laughs> to replace them and it sucks. I mean, that's your fault for buying white. I had a kind of similar wake up experience the night before the night you're talking about. Uh, we've had really incredible windstorms at night in L.A. Yeah. I'm sure you've noticed. That's those Santa Anas, baby. And there is a gate on the side of my home that is right next to our bedroom. And if that thing isn't closed just so, so that the strike is totally around the bolt, yeah, that thing is liable to to just kind of flop open. And at about two in the morning... The wind hit it just right to blow it open. And when that gate swung and hit the house, <laughs> Ripley like shot up and barked. So it was like <laughs> gate bang, bark. I got up in the Benjamin R. Harrison position. <laughs> I'm ready to go. And it sucks because like as soon as I woke up, I was like, I know exactly what that was. <laughs> and not only am I vigilance awake, I've got to go outside at three in the morning and close the gate in the cold. Yeah, yeah, in your underpants. And if I've gotten up, Rip's got to go potty outside, so I, like, got to do that whole thing, like, restart her night. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. God. It sucks. Well, uh, missing out on all of this sleep, I think, has left both of us shattered. Mm. Which brings me to today's episode of Star Trek Voyager, Season 7, Episode 11. Shattered. Reverse course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes, I'm not turning around. <laughs> Familiar scene on the floor of the cargo bay here. Some puzzin'. 
some puzzing with Naomi Wildman and Ichib. Yeah. The holidays are for puzzing, are they not, Ben? They are. I uh, I was trying to get into a puzzle this holiday, but so my mom typically gets one for our our trip home for Christmas, and the one she got this year, it was a puzzle that was an image of a quilt, but all of the edge pieces were outside of the edge of the quilt. So that all of the edge pieces were like white. So you couldn't even start the image until you got the second <laughs> inner row of pieces. <laughs> and I was like, mom, this is the most insane puzzle I've ever seen. And I, I refuse to even really try. Diabolical. Yeah. How many pieces are you working with? Like your parents have to know what you're capable of. Oh, they got the thousand piece. Yeah. Dude, my wife is into 5Ks. Wow. It's gross. That's sick and wrong. I know. I focused all my energy on the full broadsheet uh, crossword puzzle this holiday season. <laughs> and uh, That's sensible. We didn't finish it, but we made some pretty significant progress. You want to know something sad? Hmm. The puzzle that Naomi Wildman's working on, 16 pieces. <laughs> <laughs> These pieces are like the size of a cookie you'd get from... A, a grocery store bakery. <laughs> They're too big for a girl her age, right? <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is the class of puzzle that Darone is working on right now. The boy. Do you think this is the moment in her life where Egypt's trying to figure out which school <laughs> Naomi goes to? <laughs> this is like a low-key kind of intelligence test. Maybe Katarians have like super bad spatial reasoning skills, but are intelligent in other ways. If you've got spikes coming out of your head, you need good spatial reasoning. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Is she Katarian? Did I make that up? I think you got it right. I'll say you got it right. Awesome. Ben, in an opinion that really tells you everything you need to know about Ichib, uh, he's in it for the image, not any other qualities. And Naomi is in it for the puzzle. Yeah. You're missing the point. I thought the point was to finish the puzzle. And learn something about genetics. The blocking of the scene kind of bothered me because he's really like got her up against a wall. Why are they doing this on the floor also? Yeah, there's plenty of uh, horizontal surfaces. Even in the cargo bay, there's plenty of horizontal surfaces. It's a bad spot for it. Are there any areas of the ship where you take off your shoes? With everything being carpeted, you would think most of the ship would be shoes optional, right? That'd be nice. Yeah. Show up to work in your socks. It just seems dirty for them to be working on the floor of the cargo bay. The cargo bay of all places. Yeah. Well, Chakotay walks in and uh, he's here to pull something out of his stash. He has a secret stash of Antarian cider. The real stuff. It's not Synthahol. He is primarily concerned about Neelix finding out about it. I would be more concerned about the like late teenager Ichib finding out about it, you know? Dude, I thought exactly the same thing. Like Ichib, a person who has demonstrated before an interest in experimenting. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he go right into that box for that cider? I kind of feel like Chicote is trying to be a little cool stepdad here about oh. it, you know? You think Chicote is like, oh, let the kid have some fun. 
Maybe. But like doing it in front of Naomi kind of is also no good, right? Because she's like, <laughs> she's young enough to be like, Echeb did something bad. And now I'm like, I'm racked with the guilt of knowing it. And I don't know what to do about it. Wasn't the thing about Naomi Wildman's alien race that she ages super fast? Am I remembering that correctly? Man, I just had the fucking Katarian page of Memory Alpha open, and now it's not open anymore. Well, we'll never know. Yeah. I think it's something like that. Yeah, maybe like by the time they get the bottle open, she's old enough <laughs> to be illegally underage drinking. <laughs> oh, that's... That's playing with fire right there. That's the whole, uh, like, going on my 21 run uh, the day before, <laughs> hoping that at midnight the, the doorman will let me in. Hey, you do want a drinking buddy? I know I'm pretty far away, but I like a bottle of cider just as much as the next guy. Throw me a can of brewski beer. I'll catch it. <laughs> Hey, Ichib, wait till you find out what happens to your shit when you have a bad hangover. Then you'll be coming to somebody like me. Oh, I dropped it. <laughs> Can you throw me another? <laughs> there is an unfortunate shot here, I think. When you shoot Ichib in profile on the side of the hair part, and you get to look all the way across that perfectly straight line, mm. and you see how far it goes. It goes all the way back. Yeah, it goes, goes back to the horrible. <laughs> so we're back in uh, Janeway's quarters when Chakotay walks in, like, like a conquering man with that bottle of cider. Mm. Has he given up hope, you think? I think he's keeping hope alive. I think when you show up to the hang with real cider, I think that's hope. There is definitely a moment here where, like, when you show up to a hang and you're like, this might be the night, and <laughs> the door f opens and the person that you're hoping it might be the night with is in, like, a fucking mood like this. Yeah. You're late. Unfortunately, so is dinner. You know right away. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not the night. <laughs> <laughs> You look at that bottle and you're like, you and me, kid. Yeah. It's a good thing I have this pencil in the other hand. Did I tell you that uh, Bill Tilly gave me a bunch of Dixon Ticonderoga pencils for Christmas? I also have them. <laughs> yeah. Great gift. What a gift. What a great guy. Except mine were all broken. Oh, weird. <laughs> I think he's sending a message. <laughs> mine were intact. Looks like some favoritism being played. <laughs> you like a home repair with a little drinking on the side? I sure do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe not with the power tools, but like patching something. Yeah. Painting something. Those are the great drinking times. Do you think Antarian Cider has a porch beer-like quality to it? I mean, look at it. When it's that lightly colored. I like this glassware, too. Yeah. So a banger interrupts the drinking. But don't worry, Harry Kim is in the big chair. Something about it reminds me of being in the womb. Get up, Harry. Who are you? Harry Kim. Parents must be very proud. Who are you? They come as come as a pair. Who are you? Harry Kim. Who else is she supposed to get chummy with? Harry Kim. And your mom? Very proud. Who are you? Harry Kim. I lasted 22 minutes. And your mom? Very proud. 
Harry Kim. Who are you? Harry Kim. Stuff's kind of sliding off the rails here in a hurry. The warp core is stabilizing. Chakotay and Janeway haul ass out of there and they split up. And this is a, a crucial moment, this split up part. Yeah. Chakotay to engineering, Janeway to the bridge. Because Harry Kim, I mean, it's not his fault, but when they ask him questions about what's going on, he is not coming with a lot of confidence-inspiring answers. So, uh, yeah, it turns out there's a spatial rift featuring neutrinos and um, chronotons. Mm, you know what that means. It's time travel. This thing fucks up the warp core fast. It really does. Because Chakotay's in- engineering, like, trying to hold it together, but shit goes sideways so fast that he gets zapped with warp lightning and it turns half of his face old. Yeah. Look at half of his face. <laughs> it's too old. <laughs> so they can't kick Chakotay out of his house. Too old. What they have to do is beam him directly to Six Bay. That takes us into the theme song. Of course, it's locked in. Do it. Listen to me very carefully because I'm only going to say this once. Do it. When we come back, Chakotay is coming to with a Dr. Mark who is, you know, giving a performance that is a little bit vintage. Uh-huh. Talking about, uh, oh, you know, in any other context, I would have, uh, you know, gotten some award for this. But instead, I'm stuck here with you idiots. It's just another day in the life of an underappreciated EMH. He mentions that uh, the bridge is not answering the phone, which uh, is kind of our first little hint about what's going on. Pretty crucial detail, huh? Yeah. And uh, our second is when Chakotay's like, all right, well, y- you come with me. Let's go, let's go figure this out. And Margo's like, what do you mean, come with you? Well, when Chakotay comes to, the doctor tells him what happened to him. And what happened to him is that all his guts became different ages. Yeah. And he got a chronoton-based medicine for, uh, for fixing that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he immediately turns autistic. (laughs) That's the bad news. How differently do you think this scene plays out if it's someone else and not Chakotay? Like, if Icheb's in the bed and a bunch of his organs become different ages? Or Naomi Wildman? Hey, Icheb, what age is your lower bowel? (laughs) Your testicles are 80, <laughs> but your penis is 32. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just looks like a slingshot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Dr. Mark, we come to realize, is uh, unaware of the mobile emitter because this is pre-mobile emitter Dr. Mark. Chicote takes a lunch pail onto the elevator and heads toward the bridge, but on his way up... He loses his lunch. That's great. I love it. <laughs> great take to camera here when he, he holds his hands like, what happened to the lunch pail I was just carrying? I wondered when Chicote got into the lift what this angle was all about. Like, not usually flattering to an actor, not usually heroic for a hero. Kind of a weird shot choice here until that blurp happens. Yeah. This is the only way you could shoot it to really show that blurt because if you're shooting him head on, it just kind of drops like 
a curtain in front of the camera. I don't think you can sell what's happening at all with a normal angle. You got to be shooting up, right? Yeah, it's a low dolly shot. And it does sort of lay bare some of the sins of the uh, set design because mm-hmm. there's some some of those like padded panels that are supposed to be like tucked up behind a section of wall that comes down in front of them so that that light, you know, there's like a drop light that rings yeah. the, the elevator and you can see up far enough that you can see where they kind of just like, we're like, fuck it, just tuck that fabric up there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. I like seeing those details though. I do too, you know. In SD, it's probably better than it would be in HD. But yeah, it's a cool camera shot. On the bridge, he he grabs Harry Kim by the upper arm, and Harry Kim does not recognize. I don't know her. Ben, this is a terrible look for Harry Kim, right? Because it is revealed in a moment what mission they're on and when. Like, they're hunting Chakotay down. <laughs> Presumably, everyone on the bridge has seen the wanted poster at least. Like, yeah. they know who they're looking for. How does Harry Kim not know him by reputation? Gotta read these dossiers. It's bad luck. Maybe he's such a greenhorn that, that it's the uniform that, that throws him. He's like, he's so low right, right. in rank that like he just has to respect anyone who looks like that. But he's got the the like, you know, not pips, but the provisional rank thing. Yeah. That the Mayquees wear. So why does, does Harry Kim know what that is even? He can't. He can't know. He wouldn't know. He <laughs> shouldn't know. Janeway pops up and she's got season one bun hair. Yeah. And in a flash, Chakotay is at Dustbuster Point. Yeah. They've felt that there's some anomaly going on on the ship. So they're like, it must be because the, the Mayquees have infiltrated and it's, it's all his fault. And I love that Janeway is like contemplating the idea that she has been caught with her pants all the way down by the Mayquees. Like they went out to like find this guy and he is sabotaging their ship on their way. Except Chakotay (laughs) has never caught me that way. Ever, ever. (laughs) And he never will. Her incredulity is great here. Like I love that line she rides of like hearing him out but not believing yeah. This is Star Trek. He he could just be telling her a Star Trek story. Yeah, but the Occam's razor of like, I think you're just sabotaging me and, and your temporal anomaly story is bullshit is uh is great. So she sends him straight to the brig and they get in the elevator and uh he's just lost his lunch on the on the <laughs> elevator. Now he loses his escort. There is no way in hell I would remember ten minutes after this. Which turbo lift went to which timeline? Which hallway <laughs> took me to which timeline? Mm. I'd get lost. I would die this episode easily. Yeah. Good job by Chicote holding it together. If he started like tattooing it into his skin, would the tattoos get stripped away? I love that. Or is his skin impregnated with chronometric medicine and it would stay and you could do a memento thing? I love the idea of Chrono Memento, the episode of Voyager. (laughs) That would rule so hard. Yeah, that'd be great. He diverts the elevator to engineering as soon as he's free to do so. And when he arrives there, he finds an invasion force of Kazon led by none other than Seska. 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 She a real bad bitch. 
a Bajoran crewman with a Cardassian physiology. She wouldn't do something like this. Don't you feel nostalgia for the Kazan? I do. Kazan nostalgia is real. I thought they were goofy as hell in the first couple of seasons. I came to respect and like them. Yeah. I mean, they're they're a really scary villain, you know? Like, yeah. they really don't give a shit about what you want or need. No. And whether or not you are standing in their way on the way to what they want and need. And uh, yeah. they just kind of feel like a force of nature that's impossible to understand. Love seeing Seska again. Yeah. She's so bad. She's so bad it's good. She patches up a boo-boo on his head and... Uh, Starts kind of villain monologuing about how she's uh, taken over the Voyager. It's not looking good for Chakotay here. Is Seska pregnant in this timeline? Oh, man. I consider myself a Voyager viewer who pays attention. Yeah. And a lot of these threads were hard for me to remember. Yeah. I mean, is this the scene in which she gets pregnant? God, I don't know if that's the expectation on the table. I mean, what else can that little light she waves over his head do? Yeah. What else could it repair? Right. In order to keep the uh, temporal prime directive intact, he has to fuck her. One of our more interesting missions. What does that thing do to blood flow? (laughs) This timeline is is about five years ago when she took over the Voyager with the Kazon. Yeah. This we knew. And, well, once Chakotay starts telling her the story of like, the time travel he's doing and he sees how how little that does he tells her that instead they're about to retake the ship and seska's like no fuck that like get to a computer and tell him to not do that <laughs> and so he makes for a computer panel but he starts swinging first yeah it's great This is a bad scene for Seska. This just seems dumb. I mean, the Kazon shouldn't be this easy to trick. Like, this is like the kind of thing they should be doing to each other all the time if anything we've learned about their culture is to be believed. So, like, anytime you get somebody in custody as a Kazon, you just assume that they're going to try and swing on you at first opportunity. So (laughs) anybody being surprised here is pretty shameful. But, uh... He manages to get up to the second level of engineering and when, I guess he's like throwing his gun because he's like getting to the top of the ladder and needs both hands or something. Is that why he throws it? That has to be. And that it disappears through a portal is just incidental. Like it's a surprise. It was a confusing scene for me though because it's the first time they established that you can go through the portal and still see what's going on on the other side if you're him. Right. So he goes through and is like looking down at Seska, but then she and the Kazon are looking up at an empty platform up there. So I was like, what what is happening here? That's what he's trying to figure out. (laughs) Also, if there's steam coming out of the warp core and there's chronotons, why can't they draw a smiley face in the cloud of steam? Very good point. So Chakotay has escaped into six bay through a Jeffrey's tube. Yeah. And he does that thing all time travelers must do by TV and film law. He asks what the date is. (laughs) 
He learns from Dr. Mark that this is about a year before their little adventure in L.A. with Sarah Silverman. And uh, so that's why no mobile emitter. Mm -hmm. And they kind of figure out, like, the ship is fractured into different time periods, and Chakotay is the only one that can travel between them and stay aboard the ship. Was it ever said... In this scene or any other, when we're describing the problem that the ship is going through, that this issue only happened with historical events to Chakotay and not future events. Because I kept like I kept looking for the future imperfect portal that Chakotay would, would jump through. And when it never happened Well, there's there's just the one that's in the future, right? The old Naomi and Icheb. Yeah. That one almost doesn't count for some reason. Yeah. Like, it obviously counts. But I guess I was expecting something darker. Yeah. Well, I think that that one sort of only exists in the context of this adventure, right? Because, like, once they get to the end and undo everything, like, that future isn't even a possibility anymore. Right, right. But, yeah, so they talk this over and he's like what i need is like more of that medicine but also in a container that i can take other places on the ship so if you could also do chronoton magic to the hypospray itself then we got something here could you make the whole plane out of a black box if you will (laughs) i love the logic of this yeah i know it's a simple piece of dialogue and a simple idea but yeah like i like when reasonable people make reasonable requests in science fiction. Yeah. This holds together. I also like Chakotay just like walking back onto the bridge and then being like, what? You? We just sent you to the brig. What are you doing back here, you silly goose? I love Kim pulling a dustbuster. <laughs> He's got a dustbuster back there? Yeah, just like on the table. I guess every bridge station does. I know. but it's not, He doesn't even have to like open a drawer or do anything. It's just, it's right at hand. What I love about this scene is that Chakotay does another thing that time travelers must do in TV and movies, which is like try to prove his identity by sharing some deep cut trivia. But the line he's walking with Janeway in front of everyone is not to say anything embarrassing because before he has the opportunity, Janeway's like, okay, let's move to the ready room. <laughs> like he goes, he goes on about the dog and Tom Mervins and her interest in music and that little mole right next to her. Okay. <laughs> That's about enough of that. I'm not the only bridge officer with a tattoo. You got one in college and it's okay. 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 Well, <laughs> We'll finish this discussion in my ready room. (laughs) In that ready room, Janeway's examining the hypo spray as they talk, and there's like a rando security guy in the back, Andrews. Andrews is going to be very important in a few seconds. Because uh, she's like, okay, so you claim this hypo spray will make me see things your way. What is it, full of mushrooms? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she's like, I'm not going to just inject myself with a thing that the, like, you know, number one most wanted man in the Mayquis walked onto my ship with. That's not something I'll do. This is not the Academy when I got that tattoo. (laughs) I'm not in my experimental phase anymore. (laughs) So, you know, he's like 
trying to do this the diplomatic way, but then decides to do it the take a hostage way instead. Chakotay gets Janeway in the grasp, like hypo spray to her neck, and walks backwards through the door into the corridor. And, and Andrews, God, Andrews blows it here. Because Chakotay's like, put the dustbuster down, man, or I'm going to poison her right in her neck. <laughs> and Andrews does that thing where he, where he like lets the dustbuster drop and then blap. Yeah. In goes the hypo spray. And Chakotay has just learned from Janeway that somebody disappeared going down this hallway. So he has a pretty good hunch that this is a great direction to head with Janeway. And he's right. Maybe the most Star Trek conversation that's ever happened in Star Trek happened in that room where Chakotay is trying to tell Janeway the story of time travel. And Janeway's like, well, our helmsman did disappear suddenly and we have no answers for why. (laughs) (laughs) But I really am going to need a lot more evidence to believe your explanation. (laughs) Like, that's just the course of business for her. It would be like if if you were to visit me from the future and I were like, well, yeah, I mean, my mic stopped working uh, earlier on in the day. I don't know why. I haven't fixed it yet. Like... That's just business as usual. Yeah. The Uxbridge Shimoda <laughs> recording studios. Anyway, bad look for Andrews, who gets name checked like three times here. I feel like that rarely yeah. happens to a rando. Yeah. Must have won a contest. Mm-hmm. But uh, Chakotay and Janeway can now see Andrews and the other randos that show up on the other side of the barrier. There is a whole episode in Andrews's timeline where he lost the captain. She's gone. (laughs) He is in so much trouble. (laughs) He's like, I am demonstrating myself to have a wharf-level proficiency in running security aboard a Federation starship, and I am pretty stressed out about that. I mean, they went that way, and now they're gone. (laughs) What do you mean they're gone, Andrews? Yeah. You watched the whole thing? They're gone where? <laughs> I think Andrews' next stop should be taking off his comm badge and putting it on some admiral's desk. Mm. Yeah, that would be a good choice, I think. Are they underway at this point in that timeline? I guess Or so. are they still at uh, Deep Space Nine or something? I don't know. And I was also trying to think of like, did... Like the, the Helms woman disappeared going down this hallway. So to, if you're not injected with chroniton medicine... Where do you go when you disappear? I mean, I thought for sure they would encounter her. Yeah. Because they go to that that same place. But they do not. She's <laughs> not there. <laughs> yeah. RSVP, that helmsman. Yeah. I'm giving you an order. I'm giving you an order. Is that understood? I'm giving you an order. I'm giving you an order. You have just crossed the line. Janeway gets released and they talk about it. She's like, okay, so now I can go on the shattered ship wherever you can go. And he's like, yep. And uh, they're talking it over and she's like, okay, well, I I do want to, you've piqued my interest. And he's like, well, let's go to the ass lab where they've got the temporal scanners and uh, we can get into this a little bit more. And she's like, ass lab, what mean. Voyager doesn't have an S lab. Deck 8, section 29. See you there. Harry designed it. I will design it. Harry Kim. She had such a great ass. Great ass. Here she got 
Great ass! The ass lab requires additional energy. We'd like to enhance the ass lab. I see. He makes the case on their way there that they should be together, right? Like, now's not the time for splitting up. Yeah. Because it's dangerous to encounter a future you're not prepared for. Yeah, they have this big, long conversation on the elevator where he really spills the beans again on the elevator, i.e. the temporal situation. They find people in the hallway that are like knocked out, and this might be the nebula that was trying to eat them. It might be something else. There'd been a couple times when everybody was asleep just all over the ship. I love the runner they have this episode of just all of the episodes where they almost died. (laughs) (laughs) And like with how efficiently all of those episodes are compressed into this one, how it really feels like Bun Janeway's future is not a good one. Like when things finally like come to a head with her later on, you totally get it. It's funny because for him, it's a clip show. Yeah. You know, it's like a I'll remember when episode, but for her it's like a and then I have to do what? Oh no. <laughs> Your clip show is my life. <laughs> Your clip show is the fire in which I burn. Yeah. Yeah. So in the ass lab they they encounter old Ichib and old Naomi Wildman. And did you recognize the actor? Who is playing old Naomi Wildman? I didn't. It's the Orbit Gum Lady. Fabulous. Whoa. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Wow. Old Icheb was in RRR, that big action movie. I still haven't seen that. Oh, it's great. You'll, uh, I mean, it's it's a trip. Uh, I, I really enjoyed RRR. It's on my list. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Both, uh, both working actors, they're working the the problem here, like the temporal sensors are even better than what Chakotay is expecting because they're 17 years into his future now. And uh, this is bad, right? Like they're still stuck somewhere not in Federation space, presumably, if that's the case. Yeah, and uh, Janeway and Chakotay are long dead. Ugh. So it's kind of weird to see them again. From this, right? Like it's it, it's like this disaster is what killed them, presumably. Yeah, I mean the description of the scene is like there's nothing left of the area that they were in. Thank God I wasn't over there. Thank God the sewage system doesn't even route through that part of the ship, or I'd be out of a job. So nothing to bury, then, huh? Old Ichab? What about old Ichab's brother? That's a guy, too. Oh, that's right. Ichab's brother is very old now. (laughs) 17 years of mopping up scum. Yeah. What a thing. So Janeway is like, we need to counteract the surge that caused this. And they explain the thing about how that section of the ship is just gone. Despite the fact that all the renders that they've shown of the ship from the outside appear to be totally intact. Wouldn't that be great if they if their rendering just had a blown out part of the ship? Come on. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah. They don't know where Seven of Nine is. She is not in this part of the of the shatter. This is another mechanic that I didn't get though. Like if I guess you can't go from from shatter to shatter. You can't go from shard to shard, I guess what I should call it. You know what? There's a visual language to this too, right? Like they're they're always in a place of a different time and then they're in a corridor 
and then they go to a place yeah. of a, of another time. Presumably, everybody is stuck in in the the time and place that uh, that they started in. Right. So uh, they they want to get seven so that she can help them figure this out. And uh, so the first place they head is the cargo bay. So we get the the little hallway sequence, and Janeway is horrified to see what is on the other side of the door when it opens up, and it is full of Borgs. And uh, this is pre-de-assimilated seven. (laughs) This looks even worse for Jerry Ryan than initially when she was pre-XB7, right? It just looks like she's wearing a leather boot on her body (laughs) and face. It looks so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. When this script landed on her desk in her trailer... This had to be so disappointing. This is what we're shooting next. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no. No. <laughs> Pretty rough. Yeah. She goes into this explanation of, like, what the Borgs do to protect their ship from getting out of temporal sync like this when they go through a space butthole. And, oh, like, if we could just, like, run conduits that could project a super strong chroniton field around the ship, we could force it back into into sync. And they're like, yeah, but the ship is shattered into a whole bunch of different parts. Like, how are we going to, like, snake conduit through it when half the parts are full of Kazons that don't want to work with us? And Janeway comes up with the idea of using the bioneural gel pack system that the ship is equipped with. I love this as an idea, right? Like, to the extent that this is its circulatory system, like... yeah. Start shooting it with hyposprays. It's great. Yeah. So if they inject the same medicine they've been injected with into the quasi-alive parts of the ship, they can fix the problem. And uh, finally, we've got like a like an action plan yeah. to, to solve this. We're in the corridor so much this episode, just as we are after meeting Seven. And this is another one of those, what was that about? type of conversations. Yeah. And Chakotay uses this moment as a way to further demonstrate how close he and Janeway become in the future. But all this does to me is reinforce that Janeway probably saw Tom Mervyn's that morning. Like Tom (laughs) Mervyn's is so present in Janeway's life here and throughout her life this episode, it kind of breaks the story for me knowing how fucking down she is. Your intelligence file doesn't do you justice. Was she looking for a way out of Tom Mervyn's the whole time? I mean, look at him. <laughs> Only at Mervyn's for the clothes you love to live in. And look at Chakotay. Come on, hubba hubba. Yeah. And you know, he's quoting Dante to her. Uh, nothing floods a basement like Dante, right? <laughs> You're making it an inferno down there, Chakotay. <laughs> <laughs> a very wet inferno. <laughs> it felt a little unethical though. Like he's he's like totally read her diary and is is now like quoting it back to her, you know, in in place of Riz. Like it it really felt like he was putting the moves on her in this moment. You're not wrong about that because it felt like he was kind of Cyrano de Bergeracking himself yeah. at her. Like he's got the playbook. Right. He can start seducing her 
seven years ago and get it right. <laughs> I won't need these pencils anymore. <laughs> you can have them. <laughs> I'm going to leave those in the temporal rift. <laughs> I've got to get that. Latinum, put your latinum where your mouth is. I, I've got to get that. Latinum, I think we've just drunk gold. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. 
Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. There are three things to remember about being a starship captain. Keep your shirt tucked in. Go down with the ship and do it. Do it. So they go down to Six Bay, where Dr. Mark has created temporal bandoliers for them to wear around the ship as they inject gel packs. He's talking to Janeway, and it's a real loose lips type of deal. He he really lets slip with a lot of details about what her future holds that uh, are pretty uncomfortable news for her to receive. Yeah, Ixnay on the Adrent Quay. <laughs> Dr. Mark. The Delta Quadrant? Is that what he was about to say? Yeah. I love the line, temporal prime directive, remember? <laughs> it's a good thing these bandoliers don't look stupid, right? It is. They look cool. Like, they kind of look badass in a way that they need to. These are shotgun shell bandoliers for real. And yeah. they sort of had to be. They look like something that Schwarzenegger would wear in a movie set in the near future. Yeah, yeah. In a good way, I would say. Yeah, I dug them. Janeway's like, for efficiency's sake and so that I don't keep getting so hot and bothered while I'm trying to be faithful to my (laughs) mid-husband. Why don't we split up? I swear I'm only staying with him for the dog. (laughs) Is this another love me, love my dog demand? Yes. Chakotay shoots this idea down. He's like, we wouldn't be able to be in touch with each other because the comms won't work across all the shards. So uh, no splitting up, and I'm going to keep romancing that ass. That's just it, isn't it? Like, the seduction potential really falls off if you split up here. Yeah. He's like, no, you can't take a separate ride to Vegas. Like, the whole plan is to be on a road trip together, alone. (laughs) The very specific reference, Ben. I get it. (laughs) I get it big time. So she's just peppering him with questions. Like, they're going around, they're injecting neural gel packs and she's like so you're the first officer how's that work a lot of questions natural questions to have like how did we get stranded in the dquad and what the fuck is a macrovirus (laughs) yeah like what about our future relationship resulted in this virus at this point i feel like janeway has been told Eight distinct mission references that are horrifying. Yeah. And like there's a totality to this that is starting to add up here. It's overwhelming. I mean, she doesn't seem to care about the Temporal Prime Directive as much. I think her interest is just like way too peaked. And every corner they go around is another weird situation. Like the next one is the Captain Proton game where she is forced to play along with Chaotica and pretend to be the queen of the spider people. And like, yes, ending does not come natural to this era of Janeway. So she's rolling her eyes hard the entire time and they just need an in so that they can inject this gel pack. But uh, she tricks Chaotica into doing it. How lucky are they that they walk in on the most innocent holodeck program (laughs) Yeah. On the yeah. ship. And not like Tuvok fucking his hollow wife. 
<laughs> Scientists have never seen this before in the wild. <laughs> like the Bane Nazis would have been much harder to outwit than Chaotica. For sure. So, uh, yeah, they they got a good a good one here. The next one is uh, BLT and a bunch of Mayquees hanging out in the transporter bay. And it seems like they are going to be hard to outwit until Chakotay just pulls the I would never lie to you BLT. You know, <laughs> like one little platitude and she's like, all right, go ahead and inject whatever that is in the gel pack. This is one of those lines of dialogue that only works on screen and never in real life. Like, try to think of a time, Ben, when you have said the words, try and understand. (laughs) When you're trying to convince someone of something and it works. (laughs) This is amazing. This power you have. That's all you have to say? If I ever said the phrase, try and understand to my wife, there would be divorce papers under my nose before there was a period on my sentence. I'm... In complete agreement with you. <laughs> yeah, it would happen to me too. Try and understand. It struck me at this point that we had not seen Tom Paris or Neelix at all yet in this episode. And yeah. I was like, we didn't see him in the, in the Captain Proton? That would have been the place to put him. Yeah. Am I making any sense here? Yeah. Instead, he's put in the mess hall. That's where Chakotay's time period actually is. Yeah, this is like the immediate aftermath of what they went through. And there's just a bunch of red shirts with burger all over their face. Neelix is there. And so is a freshened up Tuvok. <laughs> just brandoing all over his cot. Neelix is so great with the morale of giving Janeway a fresh, hot cup of black coffee. Mm-hmm. And that morale is about to take a massive hit with this death of Tuvok scene. It is pretty rough. Yeah. But you don't want to have just drank black coffee when somebody brandos, you know, because mm. you might brando yourself by accident. It might ruin coffee for you. Yeah. The clip show has not been fun for her. And this moment is really devastating. Death of Tuvok, RSVP. This inspires Janeway to come up with kind of a new plan. She's like, look. It would appear as though the bun timeline still has potential here, my timeline. How about we kind of put the time fractures of the ship together so that it reassembles there, so that I have a chance to stop all this from happening? What about the temporal prime directive? To hell with it. There's coffee in my time frame. What do you think about that? She loses her will to fight for the future. Yeah. In the elevator. It always gets lost in the elevator, Adam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is not re- ready to give up. He sees a potential in a future where she has been separated from Tom Mervins. <laughs> <laughs> he would like to continue in that direction. And he makes a pretty convincing argument. It's a little presumptuous to think you have the right to change everyone's future. From what I've seen, they'll thank me. She kills... But she also saves, is his argument. (laughs) It's a hell of a bit, and it's actually convincing. Yeah. But they have to go deal with Seska now, and they're going to try diplomacy with Seska, but uh, you always got to have a plan B when it comes to Seska. I mean, in more ways than one, am I right? Mm. (laughs) Hmm. You're picking up what I'm putting down. 
<laughs> she seems like game to to do this injection, mostly because it's too silly to to be made up, right? <laughs> I love the Kazon react here to this. The Kazon are like, Seska believes this guy. What the fuck? <laughs> what are we doing? By the way, hey, Kazon, what are we doing? What, what is this? <laughs> what is any of this even? All she wants to do is fuck Chakotay. She seems to be screwing up this plan. What am I doing henching for this lady? Uh, made some bad calls in my life. I gotta like re-examine some, some of my choice making if this is where it's led me. Yeah. Yeah. She sort of sees uh, her timeline as the one she wants to preserve. She's like, maybe what we do is reconfigure your little gel pack stuff so that it, it reassembles the timeline right here where I have control of Voyager and then I can stop you from retaking it because you keep talking about me having had the ship in the past tense and I don't like the sound of that. I want the ship all to myself indefinitely. I like that Janeway had the idea of reassembling the ship in her timeline and Seska having the same idea in the scene that follows right after. Yeah. It makes her seem more capable as a bad guy. It does. It was really fun to have her back here. Yeah. And it was really fun when, like, I, I'm i a little bit sad we didn't get the scene of Janeway going around recruiting the team because I always like a recruiting a team sequence. I also regret Janeway and Chakotay not having a scene in the corridor after this where Janeway is like, boy, she really had strong feelings about you, Chakotay. <laughs> and was she pregnant? <laughs> What's going on there exactly? <laughs> I got distinctly pregnant vibes. Uh, she was wearing like flowing clothes as though she was trying to cover something up about her lower body for the camera. Yeah. Really great. How great do Tom and Harry look jumping over the side of the uh, the upper deck of engineering onto those Kazons? I mean, really great. You're talking about missing the assembly of the team scene. We get yeah. an A-team scene with this jump. It's yeah. great. It's great. Old Icheb and old Naomi Wildman run in. Everybody that we've met in all the different scenes is running in to help them, including a bunch of the Mayquis and stuff. But Seska gets one of her dustbusters to Janeway's head, and that sort of stops the fight right in the middle of it. it sort of looks like Seska's going to win the day here. Janeway's been in this position before in this episode. Yeah. She keeps getting taken hostage. Yeah. And people keep losing things in the elevator. I love the unnecessary door open for Seven's entrance into this area. Like, she goes in <laughs> through a portal. She doesn't need the door to open. What's happening? I don't know. What's the door even reacting to? It's not like she's on the other side of the door in this timeline. That's exactly what my thought is. Yeah. Breaks the episode. But she rushes in and, uh, you know... Seska tries to lick a shot at her, but she's adapted. Mm -hmm. It's a real Borg ex machina. Truly is. And uh, this is the first time we cut to the exterior of the ship, and we see it with kind of a glowy aura around it, still sort of in the influence of this weird nebula that they've gone by. 
So now that the whole team has been injected, they've been able to finish uh, injecting the last of the gel packs. Janeway's wondering if there's time for one last injection. <laughs> Sounds great. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, do you know anything about bathtubs and their manufacturer? I'm just getting to know you, so I'm... It's a question I ask most of the men in my life that I feel these kinds of feelings towards. I love this uh, before sunrise energy that Janeway's got. She She's going to shoot this shot. She's like, hey, yeah. this right here, this is electric. I haven't thought of Tom Mervyn's even once yeah. on this whole mission. This is a wharf lightning level of electric. Now tell me, have we ever crossed the bathtub barrier. <laughs> Chicote's like, no, but you know what soaking is, right? <laughs> you could say we've soaked. <laughs> I could say I'm soaked right now. <laughs> I mean, given that, did you want him to kiss? She knew that she was going back to a timeline with zero repercussions. Zero memories, even. I wanted them to more than kiss. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's time for that, but... She's the captain. She could order everyone out of engineering and have him bend her over that railing, you know? My favorite way of relaxing. The Chakotay Janeway romance industrial complex would actually have something here. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are Miriam pieces of fiction written in the context of this episode. Janeway pulls her hair out of her bun and oh my God, she's beautiful. <laughs> Whoa. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> the room is spinning. Am I in another temporal loop? What's going on? Chicote, you gotta take her to prom. <laughs> Then she finds out that it was all a bet, and she's she. It seems like she's gonna pull back at the last minute. Yeah. Am I a bet? Am I a fucking bet? Oh man. Yes. She doesn't know how much he's changed since he made that <laughs> bet. Is the thing, you know? That is how it. much she's changed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's just gotta forgive his many lies, his many, many, many lies. <laughs> the web of lies he's weaved around her. If she could. Just try to understand. That would be great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be easier for her to try and understand if she wasn't so busy handing divorce papers to him. God, I know. So uh, she gives a great, like, none of you are going to remember this captain speech. We've heard a lot about, like, what's going to have to happen when they put this into effect. They they trigger the, the pulse or whatever that's going to snap everything back into sync. And now it's Chakotay's job to protect the ship from the blast that caused this. He turns the deflector into a lightning rod. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just see lightning hit the deflector and the deflector go dark. And the ship kind of get out of there. And Chakotay shows up on the bridge. And Janeway's like, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I love how he walks in. Like he saunters in like a hero and the Janeway react is, what the fuck? <laughs> what did you do? The energy he has in this scene is so much more explicable if they yeah. had implied that they had fucked in the previous scene. Ooh, you said it. 
Yeah. Like he is he is fully refractory when he walks in here and is like, don't worry, I can't explain everything. Temporal something, something. Let's go finish that dinner you promised me, Captain. Chicote walks in smoking real cigarettes. <laughs> Fun to do bad things. Just ashes it on Harry Kim's head. <laughs> yeah, the, the button on the episode is them like post dinner finishing off that uh Antarian cider. Question for you, Ben. Did you peep the table in this scene, the glass table? I did. Did you peep what was on that table in addition to like the flower arrangement? Did those look like Vienna fingers <laughs> they were eating? Oh, man. When was the last time you had a Vienna finger? I loved them. I was picturing those as being Milano's, but I guess oh. yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking more closely, and I don't see the ribbon of chocolate and mint. Yeah, that would have been uh, in a Milano. So I don't know. They look like sandwich cookies. Yeah, it's a good cookie, the Vienna finger. I think so. Can you even get them anymore? I think it's due for a comeback. I don't know. I'm going on majorinternetretailer.com and seeing if Vienna Fingers returns any results. Uh, it looks yeah. like there's, there's an Urban Dictionary entry for Vienna Finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, the Keebler Company still manufacturing the Vienna Finger sandwich cookie. Hey, that's great. Yeah, that's promising. Good job, Keebler. Yeah, way to keep the dream alive. Um <laughs> Janeway's still super questioning about time directive violating questions and Chakotay trying to keep her off of it. But it uh, turns out she's a little bit more savvy than uh, he might have given her credit for. She knows where his stash is. Does this suggest that she knows where all stashes are? I mean, I like that idea. I like that she knows her ship in that much detail. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a real power move. It really is. As a man with jazz gummies in the house and a baby that I do not want to find or ingest those jazz gummies, I put a child tamper-proofing setup on the drawer that they are in. And uh, I thought you were going to say you keep them in a gun safe. Well, it just it, it made me realize that every time we've had a babysitter in the house, oh, they're wondering what's in the uh, the locked nightstand drawer. Exactly, and I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. I don't like that it sort of advertises to everyone, including my baby, that there's something I don't want the baby having in there. You're not wrong, because as Picard says, uh, a mystery is irresistible. <laughs> Yeah, well, it seems like that's true of Janeway as well, and she knows all about the stash of cider. A lot more clever than Neelix. You should just keep your gummies up in uh, in like a rope and net system that you use uh, when you're camping in an area where bears are, you know? Oh. Just keep it up high. Sure. A net system made out of leather. <laughs> Did you like this episode, Ben? You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullying, I don't like friends, and I don't like you. Oh boy. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a clever way of doing a Hey, Remember When episode without making it just feel like warmed over scenarios from past episodes. It's like 
people ripped out of their context and thrown into this episode in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that it also works for me on a, it rhymes with the kind of shit they were getting up to in season seven of TNG level. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, a, I don't know. What about uh, parts of the ship are in different time periods? What Could we do something with that? Like, <laughs> it sort of feels like Worf's birthday, you know? Doesn't it feel like an episode where, like, the writer's room probably had a list 50 things long of stuff they could encounter or people who they could bring back? Yeah. And they, like, just cross through, like, unavailable, too expensive, too time-consuming. Like, through reduction, you you get what you get here. Yeah, but it's not like this feels like the cheaped out episode. No. Like they did a couple of really exciting special effects and I, I really like the mechanic of the of the time portals that they're going through. B Dunks and Garrett Wong jumped from a balcony. Yeah. That's fun. Tons of fun. So um I don't think that the episode stands up to much scrutiny if you're like looking for some kind of coherent plot or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> But uh, I liked returning to Will They, Won't They, Chakotay, Janeway. Like, like a Chakotay, yeah. you could really see slurping the bathwater from the drain of Janeway's bathtub in this episode. Yeah, he's got to salt burn that bathtub, huh? And for that reason, I really liked it. How about you? Really strong episode. One of my favorites in a long time. I don't know, maybe I'm just a sucker for time travel, Star Treks, or... Uh... Or maybe it's just like, when was the last time we got a Chakotay-centric episode where he was the guy? Yeah. It's been ages. It really has. Nice to make him the hero again. Yeah, really enjoyable. And also really fun talking about all the things we didn't see on screen, like the stuff you know is running in the background. Yeah. Story-wise, this ep, I thought was really fun. I think one thing for down the road, can we just replace young Naomi Wildman with this older version? <laughs> I really think she's great. Yeah, she brings a wintergreen-like freshness to the episode. Yeah, I like it a lot. Fabulous. All right, Adam. Uh, well, do you want to see if there's anything fresh in the Priority One inbox? Oh, Ben, we've got Priority One messages fresh and clean. <laughs> like both of our mouths. Mm. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Our first Priority One message is of a promotional nature. The message goes like this. Dear Adam and Ben, thank you, thank you for reigniting my love of Star Trek dirty jokes and truly awful puns. The worst. Dad approved. <laughs> I don't know what uh, what this person is talking about. We've only had really high quality puns on the show from what I remember. Only the best puns. Yeah. After one year of adventures with the big D, the little D, the deep V, and soon the OGE, I'm finally caught up. Wow. You've inspired me to let my Trek flag fly and join a fantastic community of fans in a Trek play-by-email writing community a hobby I had dropped for 15 years. Whoa. To my new FODs, come join me. To my new SB118 family, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, BNA, for the awesome pod. So check it out, Ben. At starbase118.net, you can learn more about this play by email 
writing campaign Whoa. that they're doing here. Uh, Isaac, this is Isaac in Orange County. It's a role-playing game that you play by email? This is amazing. You can't play a role-playing game over email? <laughs> You're gonna fill up your inbox! <laughs> Inboxes on free-to-use email services are traditionally limited to one or two gigabytes. Plenty of space for the amount of text that a normal human uses, but nowhere near enough to accommodate <laughs> the volumes and volumes of text generated by nerds. Wow, what a thing. Yeah. I can't say I've ever played one of these, but I get it. I get it. I get it too, it's man. It's all you need. This sounds fun. Look, they got a whole, they've got a Discord, they got a, a wiki, they got forums. You know what this sounds great for? Being at work. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being in the office? Oh yeah, I'm just writing an email, but it's play by email, <laughs> writing community RPG. Oh man. Come on. Tremendous. And uh, yeah. hey man, I hope if any other SB118 people find our show through this person's membership, they enjoy what they hear. Oh yeah. Sure they will. Our next priority one message is from Laura from San Francisco. It's to Ben and Adam. It goes like this. Hey guys, recently purchased the Major League Domjot t-shirt, assuming it was so obscure that no one would ask about it. Unfortunately, <laughs> it generates constant questions <laughs> to which I have to sheepishly reply, well, it's a Star Trek joke from a Star Trek podcast. Anyways... Thanks for that, and genuine thanks for the years of fun from my favorite pod. Laura, you're not making it any better for yourself <laughs> by saying what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that, that's only going to inspire more questions, right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, <laughs> caveat emptor, buyer beware if you go to podshop.biz and pick something up. You might get questions. Love that shirt. Then our final priority one message is from Molly. It's to you and me. That message goes like this. One presupposes that HIPAA would not be laugh out loud funny. But you did it. Sending scarves and renaming my HIPAA policy doc Hippopotamus. <laughs> Thanks for making the world a bit brighter. Hey, thank you, Molly. <laughs> That was an inspired comedic moment right there. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> a lot of us have had to learn a lot about HIPAA and what it is and what it is not over the last few years. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm glad that we could add a little, a little fun to what is a pretty dry subject. <laughs> That's our mission. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to uh, support our mission... Head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron and uh, get yourself a Jumbotron. We'd sure appreciate it. Helps keep the lights on around here. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a Drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! I'm going to give it to Tom Paris for not showing up in the Captain Proton section. I mean, I understand, like, they needed to write their way out of the Captain Proton section and they kind of got stuck in there for longer in the episode than I think that they meant to. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it felt like that scene was way longer than all of the other, like, oh, we're visiting this timeline, here's what was happening mm -hmm. at this time, and here are the people that are important in it for later. Mm -hmm. 
Like the Captain Proton scene is the one scene that they go to that they don't get anybody back out of for the big fight scene at the end. And it also takes the longest. Yeah. And uh, it just mostly yeah. felt like Tom Paris could have could have saved their asses in that moment. But uh, he was too busy uh, helping burn victims in the uh, in the lunchroom in a different time period, I guess. My Shimoda's from this scene also. It's Janeway and that face she makes going into commercial after realizing how tedious the whole Captain Proton program is. <laughs> like before she gives herself over to the idea that like, God, it it would just like we could get through this a lot faster if you just played the game. Yeah. Yeah. That face when she realizes she must play. Yeah. Great face. Great face. Great choice by Kate Mulgrew. That face contains an entire monologue about what if we try to reassemble the timeline before I hire Tom Paris for this mission. Right. Right. Pretty great. Let's figure out what we're going to do next on the show. What do you say? For that, I'm going to go over to the game of buttholes, the will of the caretaker, Ben, while you tell us what's on deck for the next episode of Star Trek Voyager. The next episode is Season 7, Episode 12, Lineage. Balana is strangely disturbed by her unborn child's Klingon traits. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because they come as a surprise to her. <laughs> I guess this is going to be another episode that's all black and white because it's all shot on sonogram. Is she disturbed because of its total absence of Klingon traits? Hmm. It's only a quarter Klingon, right? If uh, Is she having it with yeah. Tom? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. Am I the roller? Yeah, you're the roller. All right, Ben. Our runabout's on square four, first row, the game of buttholes. Six squares away, we've got a caretaker square. That could send us anywhere. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. That'd be a fun bit of business. I'm going to roll this die. Yeah, they would. Sadly, I've rolled a five. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. Oh. <laughs> Which keeps that square just next. Uh, we're on square nine. Wow. Which means the next episode will be a regular one for you and me. Okay. Well, uh, I like a regular episode, and I'm looking forward to this one. Looking forward to saying hi to everybody online. When this episode comes out, use the hashtag greatestgen to talk about it. Send messages to the at Greatest Trek social media account and uh, our buddy Bill Tilly's over there manning those and uh, retweeting funny stuff mm -hmm. and making it a fun place to hang if you're an FOD. Uh, we got to thank our producer, Wendy Pretty, without whom none of this would be possible. You know who else makes this all possible, Adam? The friends of DeSoto. Step up and join at MaximumFun.org slash join. They're the best. Head to podshop.biz if you want to get some swag. I was working on some shower shoes for podshop.biz the other day. Wow. So uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, some shower shoes available in there at some point soon. Is it just a, like, Eddie Van Halen Franken-style guitar pattern, except it's just ropes? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> How'd you Did guess? Did just undo all your work? <laughs> Uh, people have to go to podshop.biz to see what I came up with. Okay, exciting. 
Yeah. Uh, with that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager, an episode of The Greatest Generation Voyager, where we're not sure if we want to let the episode out because uh, of its Klingon traits. Mm. Maybe uh, just give it up for adoption. Yeah, leave it at a fire station or something. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.